It was uh, one year ago tomorrow. This is John Hanson. And for Lisa Dent, I was driving back from Wisconsin. I was going to be on air around 2 o'clock that afternoon in for Lisa. And clearly something had gone wrong. And uh, we rushed to the station. And I got on the air around noon after the shooting in Highland Park. Was on the air until about 8 o'clock, I think, that evening. Uh, which was, of course, an a incredibly tragic day. Joining us now is Dr. Elliot Lieberman, who was there at the parade and has since uh, been one of the uh, key people behind March 4th, which is an organization trying to prevent these things from happening again. Dr. Lieberman, thank you for uh, joining us here this afternoon. Thanks for having me, John. So a year later, when we approach that day, are, are all your thoughts about it? Do you... Or like what's what's going through your head today and as you approach tomorrow? I think as we look back on the past year, um, I'm very proud of myself and my family for you know the way that we've been able we've been able to overcome this trauma. Um, we've not allowed it to consume our lives, and we're trying to carry on in a manner. Um, that is as most normal, I think, as we could have imagined it being, having survived such a horrible event. Have you talked to other people that were there that day or just casually or maybe other people you've known or gotten to know over the past year who have joined your cause? And if so, do they have similar feelings that they've been able to move on and not let it overtake them? Or do you know people that it is an an all-consuming thing? I think that it's definitely mixed. Um, Most of our friends were present at the parade that day, and many have chosen to leave town today um, to not have that reminder of this holiday and the memories associated with, you know, the community in which they live. Um, So some people have taken that turn, and others, uh, like myself and my wife, who's a pediatrician, you know, we've taken to advocacy as our means of healing, um, knowing that we're doing everything in our power to prevent this from happening to a different community. Do you feel like you're walking up the tallest mountain when you work in you know, gun advocacy? Absolutely. I mean, I think that this is one of the most divisive issues facing our country today. Um, the way that we think about advocacy and the way that we think about approaching these conversations is what could be more compelling to a lawmaker than an issue that's life or death? Um, So for us, it's sort of a no-brainer, but it is very challenging because this is written into our Constitution, and we need to find ways to live with laws that were, um, excuse me, live with our Bill of Rights that allows these weapons, but allowing them in a safe way. What What we're trying to do at the very core is eliminate dangerous weapons from dangerous people. We're still allowed to have weapons, but we need to live in communities where um, we can go to a parade or kids can go to school without the fear of being shot. You, uh, the March 4th is a nonprofit advocacy group, and I, and I read here that it's your singular mission is to federally ban assault weapons. Does it find, do you find it to be somewhat annoying that you're trying to do something that actually was already banned for a long time in recent history? Um, Well, I'd say that it's encouraging. What we're asking for is a law that was a law to be a law again. We're not asking people to do something that's, um, uh, you know, totally brand new. The majority of the people in this country, right? So the majority of people want this and other gun safety legislation. And so to us, it is almost like a no brainer. I don't feel like I'm wasting my time because I feel like I'm having the discussions that Dianne Feinstein led in in the United States of America in 1994. Are you go ahead, Steve? Elliot, talk a little bit about, and we were talking about this earlier this week, but about how you can measure the impact of a school shooting far beyond the hospital beds. I think that's a really good point. 
when we think about mass shootings, we also we frequently talk about how they're judged or ranked by the number of people who are injured or those who are killed. But the untold story is really of the thousands of survivors who have borne witness to this massacre. There's not a lot of great data, especially on parade shootings, right? Uh, but there's a fair amount of data on school shootings. And in 2018 and 2019, it's approximated that 100,000 American children attended a school where a shooting took place. And that includes shootings where less than four people were killed or injured. So that's more inclusive to the mass shooting um, uh, data that we currently use. Wait, wait, wait. Studied- I just want to pause for one second. 100,000 kids that are in schools today or in the history of school shootings, I know they're more rampant than they were before, have witnessed a, a shooting or at least been in a school where there has been This one. was a two-year period, 2018 okay. and 2019 only. Wow. And when we look at that number, we can you know extrapolate that that's con- something that continues every two years, right? So it doesn't take very long to get to a million kids because that only takes... Um, you know, 20 years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. And many of the research on these kids who've survived school shootings have shown that they have a higher rate of antidepressant use, a decline in average test scores, a drop in student enrollment, an increase in absenteeism, and a higher likelihood of needing to repeat a grade within two years. These kids are also more likely not to graduate high school, go to college or grad school, and are less likely to be employed in their mid-20s. It's sad that we can't say that that is based on sam- a small sample size because the sample size is gigantic. That's absolutely. Um, all right. So, wh- how do politicians react when you talk to them? Have you gotten politicians that are against this to flip, or what are those conversations like? Because obviously, you don't want to just preach to the choir here. Absolutely. So, you know, March 4th has been doing an outstanding job of leading multiple advocacy trips. Um, They're on the Hill almost every single month, uh, bringing in different people and different voices. And we've personally found that these public health driven conversations are the most well received. And that's really because we we bring a data driven solution. And we have changed minds. We've increased the number of co-sponsors on the federal assault weapons ban um, with five new co-sponsors. And we're seeing some action in the House of Representatives, even as early um, as a few weeks ago, um, discharge petitions were signed for three pieces of gun safety legislation, uh, really bringing this discussion to um, all members of Congress and encouraging them to take a stand. If they can get a 218 members in the House to sign these discharge petitions, then that will reflexively bring uh, a debate to the floor um, as well as a required vote. So uh, in a discharge position, I imagine what you're saying here is Speaker Kevin McCarthy will not bring this to a vote. A discharge position is a workaround. So you need all 213 Democrats or 211 Democrats and seven Republicans to force a debate and a vote on this. That's what you're saying, right? Correct. Okay. I, you answer this any way you want to, Doctor, but um, you, you, we talked about the impact on school children years after. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, and there has been a lot of reporting about Highland Park one year after. And, and I think it's hard for us who were not immediately impacted to understand what people are still going through. Um, I have a friend who said it just doesn't feel right to be in the walk tomorrow. I've got another one who, whatever. But if you would share a little bit about how your family is doing now, a year after you were there at that parade. I think that everyone's response to the tragedy um, should be accepted. If people feel comfortable, they should absolutely be out there. I think that uh, I personally, as well as the rest of my family, we honor you know the victims in a different way. So for us, we, we're not going to be out there tomorrow, but I think the town should certainly continue. I think that 
people are processing this in different ways and people are responding to it. But one thing is absolutely certain. Everyone's sense of security is permanently ruptured. We don't know where we're safe anymore because we have this fear of looking up the street and wondering if there's somebody with a gun who's going to be attacking us. So that sort of fear persists within all of us. Uh, One story that I shared with you, Steve, earlier this week uh, was about a month after the parade. We were in Mackinac Island. And there was a cannon demonstration. I was with my whole family, and we were all prepared for the loud noise. And um, we responded just fine to it, knowing that it was going to happen. But then a few minutes later, I guess probably about 30 minutes later, uh, one of my kids was in one of the museums um, at the um, fortress there on top of the hill. And we didn't know that the rifle demonstration was taking place. Mm. And once that rifle was fired, I mean, my child immediately thought she needed to run for her life. She didn't know where her family was. She didn't know if she was under attack again. So any sort of loud noise can trigger the feeling of impending um, insecurity. Mm, that's scary. That's a yeah. And obviously, you guys were there. I know a lot of people already have that jumpiness after just seeing what happened on the news, of course, and feeling it, you know, secondhand. But um, mm. uh, where can people learn more, Doctor Elliot uh, Lieberman, to, to about what March Fourth does and uh, how to get involved? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, so March 4th is having a day of advocacy on the Hill in Washington on Wednesday, July 12th. It's called Demand the Debate, where we're going to be talking with congressional officers who have not yet signed these discharge petitions. You can follow us on social media, on Instagram. It's March underscore fourth underscore, as well as on uh, line at wemarchforth.org. Um, and what March 4th is doing is continuing these discussions and reminding lawmakers that you don't have to react to tragedy really to enact change. All right. Dr. Lieberman, we appreciate your time, okay? Thanks for having me.